Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other's stories and learn from listening. All right, Carlin Ortega, welcome to uh, this version, this sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't, video podcast, although we're going to just try our voices to see if it's a little smoother. So audio, video, podcast, who knows what it is, but mostly I'm just reaching out to people because their stories are so interesting. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. <laughs> kind of a sloppy start on my part, but so be it. <laughs> um, you know, the reason I really wanted to reach out to you is because, of course, uh, my focus is on high school students and high school stories, but um, certainly the coronavirus has derailed education of all levels. Um, yourself included. Yes. Let me start just by checking in on you. Like, how are you managing your time at home? And um, and then we can, and I want to get into some specifics, but mostly how are you doing these last few days? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm, I feel like it's almost more work to have all the classes. And for me, a lot, and a lot of students, there's also like a have internships or kind of requirements that they be working. So I also have a internship for my program. So I have to do that work too. And it honestly fills the day pretty quickly. Which I think yeah, is a I'll bet. Right now. So can you kind of take us actually through a day and what that means for you? Like, what are you, so you have online courses and yeah. this internship? Yeah. So, um, Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, I start my day each day with a 9 a.m. Zoom call. On Mondays and Tuesdays, that's with a class. And then on Wednesdays, I have supervision with my supervisor at my internship. So I kind of have to get out of bed, eat, look presentable, um, and (laughs) sit down at the computer and be ready to go. So I think that's a good way to jumpstart the day because it forces me to maintain some semblance of a normal schedule. Um, but mm-hmm. on Monday and Tuesdays, I have class from, I have two classes each day. So from nine to noon and then from 1240 to 330. Um, okay. That's that's a, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So that pretty much fills the day. And then um, like yesterday, for example, for work, I started the day with supervision on a Zoom call from nine to 10 a.m. And then we had an all staff meeting on Zoom from 10 to 11.30. And then I met with a different colleague about a project we're working on from like one to two. And then I did like a webinar from like two to 3.30. So, the days are like being structured. People are. Yeah. Keeping- okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, th- to, to consider this time off would be simply a lie, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And my brother, so my little brother, Ben, he's a sophomore at the university of Michigan and he's a computer science major, which um, I'm currently in my master's of social work and in undergrad Mm -hmm. I was in like a liberal arts college so we have two very different um 
kind of experiences there with what kind of coursework we have. So he's computer science and he, honestly, we just see him in passing in the kitchen when he needs like a new box of Cheez-Its because he's <laughs> on his computer working like all day. Yeah, that's fascinating. And and then and then actually your parents as well, they're probably uh, yeah. at work. Yeah, so my dad didn't get sent home from work until this week when the stay order got put in place, but okay. he's in um, computers too, so he's working from home. And then my mom is a high school counselor, so she is trying to still create um, like materials for her students. Um, like today and yesterday, she's been working on a video for them to watch with her colleague, the other counselor at their school about how the SAT is canceled and what that means and that kind of thing. So yeah, everyone yeah. kind of works during the day and then we try to all have dinner together. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, that's actually very similar to our own schedule. Um, so I know that, that my own girls have been, have been busy really in the morning time and then maybe around, yeah, three or four finally being done. Um, the only difference is that the start time got pushed back later, allowed a little bit more sleep in time and then got going. Yeah. That's not a bad, thankful. that's not R a bad right? problem their brains and attention span. Exactly. Hey, so I'm really curious about you are in your final year uh, mm -hmm. of a master's program, master's of social work, like you just said, and it got cut short abruptly. Yeah, it's really you... Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's really what? It's strange. Um... I think it's still kind of surreal. I think for me especially, my so my master's program has been, this is my second year in the program, but it's my fifth year at MSU because I'm a student athlete. So I think the strangest part for me is having that portion of my life closed so abruptly. Um, we didn't even have, we would have had our first outdoor track meet this weekend um, in North mm. Carolina. So we hadn't even, started our outdoor season yet um and our season normally goes till june so having a few weeks ago the whole thing canceled was like very strange and there's a lot of traditions obviously like at the end of the year traditions um especially for seniors which i know is the same for seniors in high school that kind of help you get that closure and yeah it's it's gonna be weird so um carlin all of that is done like the whole outdoor season is done yeah so when the ncaa so first all of the conferences were kind of individually shutting down like the ivy league was first um but when the headline in the news was march madness canceled yeah. That actually wasn't an announcement that all winter and spring sports were canceled. Okay. So like the subheading of that was that, yeah, every single spring sport canceled, even though most of our competitions go through the summer and many hadn't even started competition yet. Yeah, that's fascinating. And of course, you know, the, the, um, all the multitude of, of, 
people at home are thinking about March Madness and the various freshmen, sophomores, and, and seniors, of course, too, playing in that. But we don't think of all of the other, I, I don't think our minds go immediately to the other incredibly hardworking athletes where this is just done, where they put in all that work, not even for a big audience, you know, um, and then it's just done. It has to be, I don't know, would you, how, what words would you put to it? Is it painful or is it sad or what is it? It's really surreal still, honestly. I, I think that um, it's not going to really sink in for a long time. Um, but when they made the announcement, so the, the day, it was Thursday, it was the day after um, MSU suspended classes that the NCAA made the announcement. And we kind of knew, like I, I knew that they were gonna make some kind of an announcement. Like I knew that different people were meeting to discuss, you know, postponements, stuff like that. So our, it was the weekend of our indoor national meet. So all, our, all of our coaches were gone. Um, and mm. as well as some of our teammates, they were in New Mexico. And mm. so we were all working out kind of on our own, but in our groups, um, we weren't allowed to have practice all as a big group, but we kind of ended end up all seeing each other. Um, and yeah. so we had a big workout and I kind of knew, I was like, I didn't think it would be my last workout, but I knew that when I got back in from that workout, because it's so nice when you're running, you don't have your phone with you. It was kind of the only time to detach from all the news happening. And I kind of knew when I got back in that there'd be something. But um, yeah. my friend and I went in the training room, which is where all the athletes normally are kind of hanging out with our trainers and getting treatment, taking ice baths, that kind of thing. And the mm -hmm. team was on and they were making the announcement. And I honestly just started laughing because I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like, this is absurd. Um, right. My friend that was with me, both of us have been injured for a long time. So we've been really kind of having to buckle down and work towards this outdoor season. Um, yeah. It's like the light at the end of the tunnel. And all that just got like canceled. And we kept saying like, we were asking that. So the only people around were the trainers. There weren't any like coaches or athletic department. So the announcement went straight from like, I don't know, the head of the NCAA or whatever to the public. So we yeah. didn't find out any more information or any sooner than anyone else. So then it took a while more until we were able to get communication from our athletic director and from our coach. Uh, that's, that's um, yeah. And what it was, it was, go ahead, go ahead. And so when, when they made the announcement, it was really weird because we were in Jenison and every, all the athletes were basically continuing. So for us, like you can say classes are canceled or suspended or not face to face. Like that, the, that the NCAA basically went from their office to the public and you hadn't even heard from your coaches yet. And I'm kind of, I'm just curious, like how did the coaches respond? I, all this is so sad to me, Carlin. It just like, you know, it's sad on the level of, of, 
of NCAA tournament, of course. I mean, I like watching that. I, mean, I think of those players. But as I mentioned before, you know, the athletes, the soccer athletes, the track athletes, the, the athletes who just they're, they're doing it because they love the sport and they love the work. And yeah, I mean, there's an audience, but it, it's not like, you're not getting the attention of basketball or football or anything like that. And no, not really. And then it's just thinking, we were like, oh, we'll just we won't be spectators. That's fine. We don't need spectators. Right. We're, we're, we'll still compete. Right. Like we never could envision not competing. Yeah. At I all. Get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um. So how did your coaches? respond to you like what what were they saying what was the information from them when you finally heard from them so we were all just like watching the tvs and that was it and then and all the sports were kind of like that you could tell they weren't getting anything from their coaches because they're all on the phone crying um and then i don't know how long it was it probably wasn't that long after but it felt long um we finally got an email from the coaches that was really brief because as you know like everything has been changing so quickly that yeah. it's been really hard to distribute any kind of accurate information yeah and they didn't know much so they were at the ncaa championships in new mexico and they had been about to go to the track to have pre-meet which is the practice the day before the meet and there were athletes already at the facility doing their pre-meet and everything like got just halted so like my friends that were waiting to go to practice they're like no we're just like sitting in the hotel lobby and like the bus isn't coming and like athletes that were on the track just kind of like all stopping in the middle of their practices wow um yeah that had to be a weird like even to to just even imagine that image had to be it, it is is sort of like yeah i don't know that brings a new weight to it all i guess like everyone just stop what you're doing right now and and get off the track yeah um and then trying to get them home so our coaches weren't able to communicate with us much because they were there trying to figure out how to get everyone home through the airports that weekend when everything was going crazy yeah um and yeah. So I'm I'm curious, Carlin. Um, maybe do about some reflection on what you're gonna miss the most. You know, you've I understand you said, hey, listen, we're losing these rituals, these sort of natural goodbyes that are now, oh, I guess not happening. Could you talk about what you're gonna miss the most out of your outdoor season? Is it a specific event, a specific person, or? I'm just traveling with the team and spending the time together. Um, And there's so much potential that feels kind of lost. Um, We had big goals. And and so my class of fifth years are all people I've been here with for five years. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us had a lot of kind of unfinished business. And I think what I'll miss the most is getting to process with them everything that's going on. So right. 
and have closure with them and feel like we kind of finished our five years together. Um, Because my first instinct, like when everything was canceled, my first instinct is like, oh, like we're having the whole team over. Like we all need to be together and we literally can't be together right now. Yeah. Well, like last night we had a team Zoom, but it's just, it's not the same and um, yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, bizarre, sad, surreal, all of that. Yeah, we're used to running together every single day. Um, Right. And yeah, I wasn't able to have an indoor season because of injury this year. I got injured during like the first meet. Okay. Um, really looking forward to outdoor. And now it's just crazy reflecting that like everything that was last year was my last and I didn't know it. Right, right. Does that speak to, do you think like, does, have you been able to process what that speaks to? Like the value of ritual or the value of knowing something's the last, like, does that, does that indicate anything bigger to you or like lessons learned or, or have you not gotten that far yet? No, I've done some reflecting. So even before this was happening, um, there was once this winter after a meet where we didn't necessarily perform like great or not everyone was kind of like all in where my coach had to talk with us, um, where he's like, you don't know when this is going to end. Anything could happen tomorrow. Like you need to not waste your time or energy. Like if you're here and you're competing and you're training, you need to be all in on that. And if you can't, then you need to go find the thing where that makes you go all in and you need Mm -hmm. to raise the bar. Mm -hmm. And you need to raise the bar. And do you know, do you know what, like, have you, have you identified what that is for you? Like, like if, like within, instead of without you, but within you, what, what demands you raise the bar? Oh, um, I don't know. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) So running kind of taught me that kind of just trying, 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 trying over and over and over and over again for like better. And it taught me to kind of demand and feel entitled to my own best, but also like of the world around me to have really high expectations of the people around me, the systems around me. You'll often find me kind of like critical or dissatisfied. And that comes from like just wanting better and seeing the potential for better and wanting people to rise to meet that. So that's translated for me into my professional choices. I was wondering, I was going to ask actually, do do you see this in your social work? Yeah. Uh Yeah. So I think that's kind of part of my drive in social work is that I can like see a better world and I, I like expect people to be good and to work 
and to try to be better. Um, and maybe that's optimistic or naive, but I don't think it is. And I think that running has kind of showed me that in a lot of ways, especially running being a sport that isn't limited to like the uh, kind of youth yeah. level. It's a lifelong sport for many people or people even get involved in it late. So it's like a pretty, it can be a really metaphorical sport, I think. And I think anyone who's ever been to a race has attest to that. Yeah, you made the metaphor abundantly clear. You show up on the track, you just keep running, you expect better with more practice, and then that's kind of how it goes, huh? Yeah, and it's it's almost this, like, it's not like this, like, um, happy-go-lucky, though, like, everything's going to turn out okay. Great, yeah. It's almost more of this, like, of, and I, I don't like to use the word entitled because I feel like that has a negative connotation and I personally like don't like it when people are entitled but it is kind of this feeling I feel like in, I have inside myself where I'm like no like that sucks we all deserve better this can be better we are going yeah. to make this better like you person be better <laughs> Yeah. But, but, but of course, of course, the, then it goes into like a lot of people have different ideas of what it means to be better. Right. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and, and for you, when you think about other, when you think about yourself and when you think about others, what does that mean to be better? I don't know. That's a. I'm just starting to kind of piece together my big reflections or takeaways from my athletic experience. Yeah. I think that would be the next the next question. I just kind of got to this realization or idea of like the better thing, like being better. I love, yeah, I love this idea of like flipping the flipping the the definition of entitled. Where entitled entitlement means we're entitled to a a better world through work, though, Carlin. I mean, that's absolutely uh, that's beautiful, and I and I think it's something that we can all aspire to. That through just coming back to the table, coming back to the table, coming back to the table we can find our way to a better place you know by showing up at the track by showing up at the track by showing up at the track we can find our way even though in you know at any moment it can be challenging or impossible or difficult and i think that it makes all the sense in the world to me especially in our time today it's like the thing we can't do is stop working yeah. and that's and that's abundantly clear with your uh, with your day to day schedule you're on right now, you know.
So you froze a little there, but oh yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Am I back? Yes, you're back. All right. Well. I am gonna. All I all I was gonna say, or all I'm trying to say, is like, we just have to keep showing up, and you're uh, you're very obviously showing up. Um, between your injuries in track, between your current daily schedule of showing up to all these meetings and going to class and and being able and willing to do it digitally. Um, you just keep showing up, and I think that's what's really impressive. Uh, what impresses me about you? So I have a final question. Ready? Yes. Okay. Well, first, can I just say there's actually a huge um, moment in running where Des Linden, who is a a woman who's an American distance runner for a long time, she actually trains mostly in Charlevoix, Michigan. And she won the Boston Marathon um, a little bit ago. Um, and she's just been, yeah, she's been kind of relentless. And there's this quote from her after winning the Boston Marathon, which was a huge deal. She was the first American woman in a very long time. And she did it in partially because the conditions were so poor that day. Um, okay. And people kept dropping out of the race. And so her kind of signature line after that race was the quote, keep showing up. Huh. Yeah. So you keep saying that, keep showing up, but yeah, it's like literally from oh. that. So I just wanted to credit that, <laughs> to credit Des Linden with the, the quote, keep showing up. Like, keep showing up. <laughs> this might come as a surprise to you, but I had no idea that a runner said that. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not following the running uh, world closely enough to know. Shocker. <laughs> I'll send it to you though. Good. I, good. I, I'll will. I'll gladly accept it for sure. Hey, Carlin. So this is um, the question we ask everybody at the end of the podcast. If you just had a piece of advice to offer anyone who might be listening, um, yeah, what would it be? Any advice? Yeah. Uh, well, now I feel like I just should say keep showing up, but. I know. I mean, maybe that's it, right? <laughs> well, I think it's, you need to find your why. Otherwise, you will not be able to keep showing up. So you need to find what it is that can drive you or what makes you, what issue you feel passionately about that enables you to be able to have kind of a relentless work ethic. Um, and that can change over time too, what you're, your thing is, but you really need to find that. Um, it's not keep showing up, like live a life of misery. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's keep showing up because fill in the blank. Good. Yeah. And yeah. If everyone goes to that, goes to what they, you know, want to be doing or what 
they feel like is important, then everyone will be better. Yeah. I think. And so for me, like you said, like how does this kind of philosophy translate to my, to other people in my life and like what being better means. So like for me, I think I've really seen it during my time at MSU and working on, so I work on like domestic violence and sexual assault. I mean, I work on policy issues is kind of my focus. And during my time at MSU, there's obviously been a lot of turmoil around those issues. And it's kind of this attitude of like, if you're a person in power, like you need to keep showing up, you need to want to be better. And if like, you don't want to be better then, or you're not open to learning or being better then like, go find something else or somewhere else to lead because like, I don't want your leadership and you don't deserve our support. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Thank you, Carlin, for uh, being on the podcast. Appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode.